Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure, is sponsored by SJNL General Contractors. They are licensed in both Alabama and Tennessee, and they provide services such as mass grading, storm drainage, sewer and concrete improvement, asphalt paving, erosion control, demolition, and heavy hauling. If you need any of these services, contact them 931-433-4660, 931-433-4660. Also, they are in need of heavy equipment operators, concrete finishers, CDL dump truck drivers, and pipe layers. If you're interested in employment with this family-owned business, you can go to the website www.sjnl.com. That's www.sjnl.com. It was close to midnight. And for whatever reason, my being aware of the fact that it was close to midnight had Michael Jackson's voice in my head. And I could hear those opening lines from Thriller. It's close to midnight. And something evil is lurking in the dark. Well, it was close to midnight, and and I was in a a middle school gymnasium. I had been asked, actually commissioned, to come in and to paint the logo for the school on their gymnasium wall. The assistant principal had been a student of mine, and she knew that I played around with an airbrush and said that their art teacher could paint this logo, but she was afraid to get up that high off the ground. I said, well, if you'll let me bring my toys into the gym, uh, I'll be glad to, to do this for you guys. And so they have given me access to the gym when nobody else was around. And so here I am in an utterly dark gymnasium. There's a thunderstorm outside and it's close to midnight. I've taken my slingshot. This is a single pole slingshot. It's about eight feet tall. Uh, and I've shot a weighted bag with a string over the rafter. Now, these rafters are tubular steel. They're not I-beams and they're not wooden. These are pretty serious little metal rafters. I've shot this line over the uh, rafter. I've used that line to drag a substantial rope, uh, a repelling rope over this. And so now I've got two ropes hanging down. Well, I've got two ends of the same rope hanging down. One side of that rope is going to be connected to me. The other side of that rope will run through a device known as a grigri. A grigri is a, a, a device that is used to belay a climber. It's not necessarily designed for solo or self-belay. Uh, there are some uh, devices out there. The uh, Soloist is one. Uh, a company makes a thing called a silent partner. Petzl makes a thing called a shunt. You can use a mini traction. There's all kind of little toys out there. And so here I am. I've got a 22-foot extension ladder. It's leaned against the wall of this gymnasium, and I've got this sort of made-up version of a self-belay device. And I'm going to climb up this ladder and paint this logo. Now, this ain't my first rodeo. I have been working in the world of self-belaying for a number of years. My first really foray into that was on a bright, sunny afternoon. I was climbing an oak tree. Now, when I say it was before this, don't get in your mind that on this sunny afternoon, I'm in this oak tree and I'm 12 years old or I'm 14 years old. No, 
I'm an, I'm an adult. I'm supposedly a grown man. And I've used my system, the slingshot system and the pull rope to, to secure a rope into this oak tree. And I'm climbing into this tree, and then I'm practicing rappelling out of it. Now, it's not super, super high because I'm trying to get some reps in. And so I'm out there by myself. In order to climb into the oak tree, I'm using a uh, system of little hitches. We, we call everything we tie a knot. It's really not. Uh, I'm using a thing called a Prusik knot. It's a, a, a sling of about seven millimeter cord uh, tied with a double fisherman's bend so it makes a loop. And you wrap that loop around the rope. And there are several different ways to do that. You can wrap it inside itself. It's called a Prusik knot. You can wrap it around like a snake climbing a tree. And it's called a climb heist. Some people use a taunt line hitch. Lots of different ways to use a friction type hitch to climb into a tree. Well, I'm climbing this tree. And then I'm sliding down the rope using a figure eight descender and practicing. I don't know if I was practicing bounding or practicing my landing or practicing a quick exit. I don't really remember why I'm in this tree. This, this tree's located on the property where we used to live at Stacy Circle. Now, Stacy Circle, that little lot was pie-shaped, looked like a slice of pie. The house sat at the front of the pie, and the trees were at the back of the pie. And I'm out there by myself climbing in this oak tree. For whatever reason, I get up into the uh, boughs of this tree, and I begin to think about the way this little Prusik knot works. See, if you wrap that rope around the bigger rope, and you don't tighten it, it'll slide up, it'll slide down, it'll slide multi-directional, and then all you have to do is put a little bit of pressure in the trailing loop, and it'll squeeze that rope like a monkey's fist and lock it down. And that's when I thought, wow, what if I could get this Prusik knot to loosely travel with me, maybe keep a little pressure on it with my hand, maybe push it, find some way to loosely slide down the rope with the Prusik knot on it as I repelled. And then if something went awry and I were to let go of this rope, it would catch me automatically. I wonder if that would work. And if it would work... I've revolutionized the climbing world. I've created a way to repel, and you don't have to have a person on the bottom as your safety man. I found a way to repel and eliminate some of the accidents that happen when somebody gets out of control. Well, immediately when you have an idea like this and you realize that if you don't field test this and prove it immediately, somebody's going to steal your Nobel Prize. So standing there in the boughs of this oak tree, I put my figure eight into the rope. I clip the figure eight to my harness. I wrap this Prusik knot onto the main line, attach it to my harness with a lanyard. It's very important to note that I put this Prusik knot above my rappel device and not below it. I looked right. I looked left. I compressed my legs and I jumped out of the tree and about the middle of my first bound, I just let go of everything. And sure enough, my Prusik knot caught me. I was ecstatic. This is unbelievable. I am going to revolutionize the climbing world if I live to get out of the tree. You see, a Prusik knot, when it is 
locked up. A three-wrap Prusik knot requires about 1,500 pounds of pressure to move it. I've only had one of them slide in my life, and this was years later. And we had a Prusik knot on a tree, on a rope that was attached to a tree, and we were trying to pull it with a pickup truck creating a vector pull to make the tree fall in a certain way. And my Prusik knot slipped. Well, it didn't really slip. It burned through the rope. It glazed the rope with the pressure. So if you're repelling and that, and you let go of that Prusik knot and it's above your repel device, it will catch you, but it will not release you. There's a thing called suspension trauma. Between 1957 and 1968, they discovered uh, on different occasions about five different climbers had died and they didn't know why. They discovered that if you hang in a harness in a near vertical position long enough, you can have venous pooling in your legs and it will restrict the blood flow and and you can die from uh, hypoxia. Cerebral hypoxia because the blood flow doesn't work well when you've cut off those major arteries by hanging in this harness. So here I am in my backyard. I've invented the greatest thing since sliced bread when it comes to repelling, and I'm probably not going to live the afternoon to tell about it because I can't get out of this rope. Now, I really didn't invent anything. All I did was add a chapter to the Wiley Coyote book, Fiascos, Debacles, and Worst Case Scenarios. You see, the, the system that I thought I had invented been around a long time. It's called an auto block. The auto block system requires that your Prusik knot or your climb heist knot or your auto block knot be below the repel device, not above it. I'll make a YouTube video and show the differences in these things sometimes. And you can find it on my YouTube channel under ropes and tricks. But here I am hanging in this tree and I can't get myself down. So I push away from the tree and I just mildly yell, Jackie, because she's an acre away and she's inside the house. No response. I push off the tree again and yell, Jackie. No response. Again, I circle the tree and swing way out and yell, Jackie. And there's no response. I end up turning upside down and screaming at the top of my lungs, Jackie! And I see the curtains in the house, the, the little curtains above the sink in the kitchen, open and close very quickly. No response. I'm hanging in this rope and I am now bellowing, Jackie! She comes out on the deck, puts her little hands on her hips and says, I see you already. You're as bad as some little boy and goes back in the house and closes the door. A Prusik knot underweight will not move, but you can untie your own harness while you're suspended in the air and fall to the ground. (laughs) So here I am in the Meridianville Middle School gym. And instead of using a Prusik knot, I'm using my uh, belay device. I'm using this Grigri so that if I fall from this ladder, I will not impact the floor. See, people don't die from falling. It's the ground that kills them. A sudden deceleration trauma. Well, I'm climbing up this ladder. It's dark. I'm pulling this rope through this makeshift belay device. I'm way past the little sticker on the ladder that says, do not climb beyond this point. In all actuality, I'm standing on the tippy top of the frame of the ladder, not the rungs. I'm standing on the two parallel lines that go up the ladder, and I'm on my tiptoes. 
I'm leaned into this wall. I've got a pencil and I'm trying to see this outline. See, the outline of the eagle got suspended onto the wall because of an overhead projector. Overhead projectors are the things that we used to use before we had a PowerPoint. And so here I am with this projected image up on the wall. I'm on my tiptoes. It's dark. There's a thunderstorm outside. It's close to midnight. And there's something evil lurking in the dark. And I begin to think about horror movies that involve abandoned buildings or old high schools. I begin to think about the things that lurk in basements and caves and tunnels. I have some thoughts about Stephen King's It. I think about heffalumps and woozles and vampires and werewolves. And about the time those thoughts really materialized in my brain, the roach bug decided to come see me. I assume it was a roach bug. But a roach bug landed. Well, he didn't land on me. Had he landed on me, I'd have, I'd have probably yelled something and, and knocked him off. What he did was he landed on my overhead projector. And when this creature came out of the dark and landed on my overhead, he hit the wall somewhere around three and a half or four feet tall and just boom, landed right there out of the dark, appeared out of nowhere. You talk about a reaction. Now, I know better than to leave this ladder. I know that my suspension system is at best a worst-case scenario thing. This thing wasn't designed for me to bail out and rappel on, I'm, but I left the ladder. Uh, Dr. Joseph Ledoux in his book Anxious says, we do not run because we're afraid. We say that we're afraid because we run. With all due respect to Dr. Ledoux, I think sometimes you run because something jumped out of the dark and it looked like a four-foot-sized roach bug, and you're smart enough to get away from it, and you choose to run. The, the problem is that the very thing that was designed to keep me from falling to my death or serious injury was now keeping me from fleeing because when I left the ladder, I left the ladder with the full intention to keep running my mind had forgot the fact I'm 20-something feet in the air. And so when I bailed off the ladder, I ran away from the roach bug and swung, swung right back to it. It was ridiculous. I remember hanging there in the dark, swinging out of the light and into the light, out of the light and into the light. I remember one time just turning and watching my shadow, and when I moved back into the light, I waved at my shadow on the wall. You see, the, the very thing that was designed to keep me secure, the very thing that was designed to keep me safe, was now serving as an anchor to trap me in place. We wrap ourselves up in all kinds of things for security. We choose to tie ourselves into things and get locked into things, and sometimes they end up being the things that trap us where we are when we really need or really want to move. Now, my desire to leave, my desire to move, my desire to run away was, was actually superfluous. I didn't have a need to run away from a shadow of a roach bug. It was not a giant mutant killer roach bug. It was the shadow of a tiny little bug. But I let that little roach bug hit that screen, and when it popped up on the wall, it was out of proportion You see, had I not already been expecting bad things, 
Had I not already been thinking negative thoughts, had I not already been looking at the worst case scenarios, it's close to midnight. And something evil's lurking in the dark. See, had I not been already thinking the negative thoughts, I would not have overreacted to a harmless little bug that was blown out of proportion. See, that's how we end marriages. That's how we ruin friendships. That's how we end up quitting jobs. That's how we end up with fellowship issues in church. That's why churches split. So we already are in a situation, and, and maybe we're vulnerable. Maybe we're doing something that's foolish. Maybe we're in a place where we're compromised. Maybe we end up where we are, and it's not out of the best judgment, but in the back of our minds, we're expecting something bad. In the back of our minds, we're thinking that something can go wrong. And if you already brought that into your perspective, then when something does happen, something minor, like a roach bug, a tiny little insect, if you already brought that in with you, then when that shadow hits the wall, you don't see the bug, you see the shadow, and you react to something that's blown out of proportion. Giving people the benefit of the doubt. Thinking best about people. Anticipating good rather than bad goes a long way to protecting us from jumping to conclusions, jumping at shadows, or jumping away from shadows. You see, all it takes is my expectation, my preconceived ideas about you or them or anything for me to take something that's a very little and very harmless and make it bigger and scarier than it really needs to be. There are 32 miles of cave passages in Cumberland Cavern. 333 feet underground is the Volcano Room. The Volcano Room is the site for the youth rally known as Erupt. It's an underground youth rally. It's an annual event. It takes place in October. The next Erupt is scheduled for October of 2021. Erupt is a sponsor of Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. If you'd like more information, you may contact them at eruptyouthrally at gmail.com. That's eruptyouthrally at gmail.com. Or check out their website for more information. Three W's and a dot. Eruptyouthrally.com www.eruptyouthrally.com